You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. Good evening, Michael. Andre Prue, how are you? I am fan freaking tastic. I hope you're on the hot kazoo. I am totally on the hot kazoo, and that's an inside joke that I don't think anyone is going to get, but maybe we'll figure it out one day. One day we'll tell everybody why you're on the hot kazoo. <sighs> um, I think you and I are both pretty open-minded when it comes to wine, except I dare say with you and Chardonnay. You're still a knucklehead with that. Uh, and you are closed off about Sauvignon Blanc. Actually, that's what we're going to talk about on this podcast. Um, Actually, I set us a, a, uh, I, I guess we're talking about the New Zealand wine fair that happened. Am I correct? And that's it. And I, I did want to do a little bit more of a, a preamble. Um, if you go to AndreWineReview.ca, I recently wrote about the Jim Berry wines. Uh, I made throwback to, to Clona Killa, and it's just... Um, the fact that we're doing this Toronto Life column, I'm really starting to come around to Australia again. And I think it comes back to when I started writing about wine about 10 years ago, the Australian wines I had access to were the more mass-produced, um, you know, little bit of residual sugar, overdone, factory-made um, Shiraz that you find in the general list at the LCBO. And I don't really give a crap that I'm giving a knock to the wines in that category, but it just, it turned me off Australian, Australian wines in general as fine wines. I came I, around I, a little Andre, bit. I don't know. Do you watch John Oliver? Uh, I do watch John Oliver. Did you see him this week when he was talking about Yellowtail? I did not see. What did he say about so, Yellowtail? He said, it's the wine you bring to a party when you just don't care about your guests. <laughs> that's really funny. And that should be their company slogan. Your, I know oh, we crap sorry. on, on Yellowtail. Yeah. I've been looking for it all week. I'm hoping somebody grabs it and uh, and puts it up because uh, I really want that because uh, I thought it was hilarious. I mean, it's, it's it's a fair point, but we've had a chance to taste. I've been tasting a lot more of the Australian releases coming through vintages. And the, the Australian vintages buyer, whoever you are, you're doing a, a, a very good job at bringing in some fine wines. Great structure, nice acid, not overdone. Uh, I got and, I got to do a throw out quickly to that one called Don't Tell Gary. Yep, definitely. Hylix brought that in. And yep. what a fabulous Shiraz that was. And, and for me, it's the Jim Berry Shiraz that just came through Vintages. That was on our last, uh, both both of those wines were in our last two roundups on Toronto Life. But the, the point that I'm getting to in a long rambly way is I've changed my mind on Australian wines and I plan on revisiting it as a category more regularly now that I see that the quality, and not just the quality, but the value is there. and yeah, there's, some re- there's some really good value out of Australia these days. 100%. You've so, got to be, will- be willing, I think, to pay, to pay about 25 bucks, somewhere in the 20 to 25 range. But when you're looking at that, you're really getting a really good wine. 100%. I, I could not uh, agree with you more right now. Um, but that brings us to this week, when we're recording this, it's May 9th today, uh, it was New Zealand Wine Week in Toronto, apparently. Yeah, the uh, New Zealanders are going to love that you uh, equated them to Australia. Uh, but I'm, I'm more just talking about perception, right? Um, when we talk about Sauvignon Blanc, New Zealand is both the, the country, and I should say more specifically Marlborough is the, is the region that made me both fall in love and fall out of love with Sauvignon Blanc all at the same time. Because when I, when, it's sort of like when you first discover what good wine is, you just look for this intensity. 
I, and I think it's why a lot of people who, when they become a little bit more wine savvy, they gravitate right towards Argentina because Malbec, while still well structured, is just so over the top in its flavors. Like there's nothing subtle about entry level Argentinian Malbec. Do we agree no. on that? Yeah, I would agree with that. And Sauvignon Blanc, I feel New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, I feel is the white equivalent of Argentinian Malbec. Well, you know, for, for for Malbec, I think you you have to really get a decent Malbec. You have to, and from Argentina, you have to get into the seventeen to twenty three dollar range. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll even say entry level Argentinian Malbec is pretty good. I'll certainly take entry level Argentinian Malbec over entry level Australian. Still, even having had my epiphany about it uh, this week, because you do get tremendous value. But you're getting wines that it's just a lot of those jammy fruit flavors and the, the tannin are all just really amped up. It's it's all to level 10. And then, like I said about um, New Zealand and, and Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc, it's sort of the same thing. And it feels like, as you and I have talked about on this podcast many times, it's kind of a race to see who can make the most underripe Sauvignon Blanc and get it to market just so that that intensity is amplified, right? See, see I, don't, I don't mind that intensity, especially in the heat. Like when we get those really hot august or july days i don't mind that underripe because i kind of like that acidity being almost searing lemonade like lemonade without the sugar kind of thing well um like i guess the point i was getting to that you're deflating a little bit thanks michael is uh, i had my mind completely changed this week at the pure discovery new zealand wine tasting uh, I went to the consumer portion Monday evening because it was the only time I could get into, and you went to uh, the trade portion on Wednesday, I, I, right? I did go to the trade portion. It seemed it seemed a smaller show this year. I would just want to point that out. Uh, but there were some really good wines. And before I went, I know you had gone, and you had, uh, as as you always say, we we seem to almost text daily, if not uh, by daily. Yeah. So. Um, you said there was some great Sauvignon Blanc, and I thought, all right, you know what? I know you hate Sauvignon Blanc, so I'll take a bullet for the team, and I'm going to go look for good Chardonnay. And so I you texted you, Sauvignon Blanc, hey, hey, hey. you said you found some. But, My turn to find some Chardonnay. But before we go on, what did I tell you about the Chardonnay when you told me that was what you were setting your self-appointed mission to be? You said you couldn't wait to get any of them on your table, table, table. What did I actually say, Michael? You, you, you said asked. you were not impressed with them. I was not impressed with them, but there was great potential there. I found that there were a lot of uh, a lot of bottles that the oak was just unintegrated. It was a little bit too front and center. Uh, a lot of really vanilla and spice bombs, um, but it was sort of a weird, disjointed sort of way. Like I'd be curious to buy some of these and retaste them in maybe twelve to eighteen months, but I was not impressed. You see, that's where uh, we differ. Uh, obviously, I have been to... Uh, sorry, I was getting a pen there. Because um, I, I have to actually mark them off in my book that I want to talk to you about. <laughs> but um, I was, I, I have been to uh, to New Zealand, and uh, uh, I I found some really good stuff uh, that, that fit what I got to learn as the New Zealand style of Chardonnay which is different than what we see as Chardonnay in Ontario. Okay, and that's fair. I mean, it's a different climate. And, and while it does get nice and cool at night, and, uh, I mean, it's, it's um, well, I mean, you just get a little bit more heat on the grapes, even though it's still very much a cool climate growing region, right? Yeah, it's a very, it's a very cool climate region. And, uh, you know, there, was, there just was some some very interesting chardonnay and i and i did i was able to pick out a top 
a top three Chardonnay. Um, but what I what I thought was really interesting there was they had a whole Chardonnay table. I yes. don't know if they had it for yours, but there was a Chardonnay Sommelier selections. Yep, they had that. Uh, they definitely had that at the tasting that I was at as well. But I, I, I roamed from uh, I roamed from table to table, um, no, I, just, I, just tasting I, as much I, as I could. So okay, so do you wanna you wanna talk Sauvignon Blanc first, or you want me to talk Chardonnay first? Um, well, I think I guess both are equally shocking. So uh, should I just get myself over with here? Yeah, do it. Do All right, tell uh, me your top three Sauvignon Blanc. And if you want to give a slight description, you can, or you can just give a list. Uh, let's go. My number three favorite Sauvignon Blanc was the 2018 Sacred Hill Marlborough, $18.95 from Family Wine Merchants. Um, it still had a little bit of that uh, bell pepper herbaceousness right off the nose, but once you put the wine in your mouth, nice intensity, a lot of tropical, and uh, that zippy acidity. I, I, I have a feeling if you were making a list... This would definitely make it onto onto your list as well. Did you get a chance to taste that? I did. It was a it was a nice at eighteen ninety five. I thought it was a very decent uh, Sauvignon Blanc. Um, Stonely number two for me was the Stonely. Hang on, I've lost my I've lost my page. The Wild Valley Sauvignon Blanc, and oh, it's I supposed to be nineteen dollars and ninety five cents. Uh, really great mouthfeel made with uh, indigenous yeasts, um, $19.95, which was is yep. nuts for a, a wine made with uh, such character, especially from a, a large producer. And uh, just like pure tropical, like passion fruit on the nose, passion fruit on the palate, really great mouthfeel, like good lease contact with how that wine was made. And um, I mean, I, I I really hope that makes the market. It's and it's got an awesome label too, an awesome label. I, I, with like I a, also like their latitude. I always find their latitude is a, a very good value. Or actually, the, very... the Stonely table in general deserves yep. a, a, a shout out. Like the quality of the wine at that whole table was really good. But you made me pair it down to three, so that was yep. my number two wine of the whole. My number two Sauvignon Blanc of the whole tasting. Got it. Uh, and number one for me was the Luna Estate Sauvignon Blanc from Martinborough. Uh, $23.95, a little bit of time uh, in oak, but uh, not enough that it really mucks around with the natural flavors of the of the fruit. A lot of tropical um, pineapple, uh, passion fruit, guava, and just like the hugest mouthfeel of all the Sauvignon Blanc there, but at the same time, still a polite house guest in my mouth. It had great acidity, and it left without leaving a mess. Well... Yeah, I I liked it, uh, but I it wasn't it wasn't on my list of uh, fabulous because I still want, I guess I want that underripe from from New Zealand. And, I and you know what? what I, I was actually just going to ask that. Like, I mean, I mean, the thing about Luna, the Luna Estate Sauvignon Blanc, is there was something un-New Zealand about it, if, if I can say that. Like, it it Correct. it was if if we were putting this just as a Sauvignon Blanc tasting. I, I might have guessed uh, France. I might have guessed Sancerre. I might have guessed uh, hell. I might have even guessed Niagara on that, just because of the, the the natural ripeness to it, and not a whole lot of the the savory notes. As a Sauvignon Blanc, though, outstanding. If you're looking for full on New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, you may be a little disappointed. I, I you know, from Luna, I liked uh, their Eclipse Chardonnay. Didn't make my top three, but it was a Chardonnay that I was like, oh, that's that's some good Chardonnay. Actually, the, so the, Luna, the Luna table, turn. the Luna table in general, was one of my were one of my favorites. I do have a couple of other ones I want to shout out, but let's go through your list first. So, so here we go. I'm going to um, 
Uh, I'm going to go with, and I'm thankful that they did have this Chardonnay sommelier selection because it really allowed me to uh, to really focus in on some Chardonnay. Uh, having visited Felton Road, I really did like their Bannockburn Central Otago. Uh, I thought that was a really lovely Chardonnay that showed some real love and care uh, for the Chardonnay grape, and uh, I, I know that they do a great job. Uh, my other one was the Antsfield Single Vineyard Chardonnay from Marlborough. Liked that one very much, so that was my number two. But my number one had to have been this Craggy Range Hawks Bay Chardonnay. And what I found interesting about this is Hawks Bay I really don't think of for Chardonnay. I think of Hawks Bay for Syrah, Merlot. You know, it's a hotter region. But this just had some delicate fruit to it. And I was surprised by that. Uh, it was apple, pear, vanilla, well-defined. And for $30, oh, yeah, uh, $28.95. I thought that was probably the best Chardonnay at the show. I don't think I got a chance to taste that one, so maybe I missed oh, out. It was it was you know so well balanced as a Chardonnay. I was like, I love Craggy Range. I'd be, I I had been there, um, but that uh, Chardonnay uh, knocked me on my ass because I was like, you know what? I've tasted their Merlot. I really like their Merlot. Uh, I really like their Cabs. I really like their Syrahs. But then I tried that Chardonnay and I was like, wow, this I didn't taste while I was there because I was so focused in on, you know, Syrahs and the Reds and stuff like that. So a real mind blower at that moment. Well, there we go. No, I think that's great. You know what? I, I still um, there was a lot of really good Pinot, a lot of good Pinot for value. Um, the Pinots from Luna, both of them knocked my socks off at $50 a bottle. Um but I tasted. I, I was so focused and enamored on the Sauvignon Blanc. I, I actually feel kind of lousy that I didn't take a list of the the Pinot that I really loved. You know what? There's uh, but, a but, white David Pinot that was my favorite. I thought, not that it was the best Pinot there, okay. but I thought for twenty seven dollars, the Whitehaven Marlboro Pinot, which used to be general list in Ontario, is now going to be coming out in vintages. Um, it was just quintessential. New Zealand Pinot Noir. It was like I tasted it, and I'm like, that's 100% New Zealand. It's not California. It's not Oregon. It's not anywhere I could have I could have picked it out of a lineup and said that is New Zealand Pinot, and that's that's what New Zealand Pinot says to me. Awesome. I love it when my New Zealand Pinot talks to me, but that usually means I've had one glass too many, and it's time to stop. It was amazing because the mouth the mouth on the glass was was actually moving. <laughs> no um new zealand pinot is something i'd love to see more of in the market just because of value uh and and you you, you hit the nail on the head it's i i think if you're if you're kind of split whether you're a, a california or a warmer climate pinot drinker or a cool climate pinot drinker from burgundy or niagara it splits the difference it's a little bit more ripe than your cool climate but it's not as ripe as california and I mean that acid, that acid backbone just makes those ripe flavors go down really easy. And you know the the other wine that I thought was really good, again um, from Hawks Bay, was the Babbage Winemakers Reserve Merlot. Smoky, spicy, blackberry, cassis, cocoa nib finish uh, from a thing called the Iron Gate Vineyard. I thought this uh, this spoke to me as a, as a really New Zealand style of Merlot, which is as which is gone from the California juicy to the as again smoky spicy uh fruit backing but uh, really shows merlot in a different light 
did you get a chance to taste the White Haven uh, Pinot Noir Rosé? Do you know what? Yes, I probably did. I'll have to move on to the, you know, we have these little booklets that we yep, get. Yep. It's, uh, it's close to the back, page 29. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 uh, you know what? In, Here's in, what I thought. In, in, I, uh, in a Riesling, a clear Riesling style bottle. Yes. Uh, you know what? I like that rosé, but um, yeah, I guess when a rosé gets ever, about ever good $20, the I start, you know, I have to give it a little a little more thought. And at twenty one ninety five, I thought, it's a good rosé. I would drink that rosé. I don't know how much I'd buy of that rosé. It's only two dollars over. 20. I know, but you really got you know, the way you crush a bottle of rosé, you really got to think about it. You really do. Yours is nineteen ninety five. Yeah, crushable. Twenty two not twenty one ninety five. That's two dollars more. Yeah. Oh, I hate that I have to agree with you on that, but I agree with you. It's that that visual price break of having the two in front of it. Hell, if if my wine was a nickel more, I'd be calling it a twenty dollar bottle of wine. Where right now, I happily call it nineteen, even though it's nineteen ninety five. Exactly. See, and a nineteen dollar bottle of rosé on under, crushable. Uh, last Sunday, we had six bottles of rosé. Not one of them was over twenty bucks. Uh, sorry, there was a bottle of white in there somewhere, but there was five bottles of rosé hit the table. And everybody was like, this is good. This is good. This is really good. And I was like not ashamed of any of them and not um, uh, not afraid to, to finish them, you know. And, and, and there was nothing I really had to think about, although I thought about, you know, each one of them as in, you know, I really like this one. Okay. Well, before we wrap up, I'm making two sweeping declarations on this podcast, okay? Sure. One, I am officially done being on... New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc because I'm actually really looking forward to tasting some new stuff on the market because it seems like uh, the style is becoming a little bit more restrained. But I mean, I'm I'm sure you're still going to be able to find your underripe bombs that you're looking for and people know and love. Good for you guys. And uh, number two, I'm really looking forward to the New Zealand tasting next year to see what's different, what changes, and what else is coming to market. Yeah, there should be some very interesting. Do you know, I'll, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Dionysus, uh, who brought out, and I don't know if it was probably your tasting. I think it was just at the uh, at the trade part. They have one from uh, Babbage also called Tihenga, which is the 2018 Sauvignon Blanc Tropical Tangerine Grapefruit Cocktail. Maybe a touch on the sweet side, but if you're looking for something different in um uh, in in New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, this one is twelve ninety five, and oh, wow. really allows you to kind of get into what New Zealand is doing with Sauvignon Blanc. Right on, cool. Yep. Any other sweeping declarations you want to make? No, I'm not really to uh, to uh, plant my flag in the Chardonnay uh, camp, but uh, I was happy with the ones I tasted from uh, New Zealand. And Andre, I have to be honest with you, and this is this is just between you and me, so uh, you can cut this out. I okay, am looking for it. Uh, hang on, I'm I'm making a note right now. Okay, yeah. you can start talking uh, freely. I'm going to cut this out. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Uh, I am kind of looking forward to the I4C. And dead silence. I knew I'd get you on that one. Wow. I I don't even know what to say. Stunned silence from my podcast partner, and I'm out dropping the mic. But this is an expensive microphone I use over here, so I'm not going to drop it. I'm Andre Pru from underwineinterview.ca. Subscribe to the podcast and bring a friend. I'm Michael Pincus of michaelpincuswinereview.com. And uh, uh, good night. Your line's good night. Just say it. Oh, that's right. Good night.
Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.